the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. It's been a while since I've done a show where I've been just ranting myself for the whole show. <laughs> but um, I guess it's been, <laughs> I, I found something that I again want to rant about. And uh, that is the uh, murder in Pennsylvania of committed by David Ludwig and his uh, accomplice, in my opinion, Kara Borden, his 14-year-old girlfriend. David is 18 and um, this story, bring, which is unfolding and which is going to have lots of um, twists and turns before it's done, really puts together so many things that I feel strongly about um, that can warp the minds of uh, children and teenagers. And certainly, uh, I don't think that there is any doubt, uh, without giving them a specific psychiatric diagnosis, that they that their minds have been warped, um, particularly notably since their town, um, they, they live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and their area, Lidditz, um, was supposed to be known for being a particularly religious town, and um, oftentimes people who, regardless of what religion we're talking about, uh, a lot of times, people, families who go to church, again, whatever denomination, I'm not looking at any one particular religion, um, think that their children will grow up to be perfect just because um, they read the Bible or they go to church and because, you know, that's what the family does. Now, needless to say, I'm not putting down going to church or reading the Bible since I think that there are a lot of families that could do with more of that. But um, I am saying that what happens is that this blindsides a lot of families. Um, as it is, there is a huge problem, uh, not only in America, but throughout the world, or at least throughout the Western world, and, you know, more than that, but, but assuredly uh, throughout the Western world, of teenagers running amok uh, because, primarily, they are not being well cared for, paid attention to, and otherwise loved by their parents who have become rather distracted by the time that the kids hit the teen years. Now, um, let me just give you a little background of the story. Uh, recently, um, David Ludwig and his girlfriend, Kara Borden, were having a um, discussion, sort of a heated discussion, with Kara's parents after Kara had been kept out uh, all night. And, of course, at least one wonders whether this is the first time that the parents, that Kara's parents, realized that she was having a sexual relationship with an 18-year-old boy. But in any case, um, at this time, whether it was the first or um, 
a subsequent time, they did get the idea that um, their daughter was not uh, <laughs> adhering to some of the um, scriptures that they would like her to follow, some of the ways of being, the moral ways of being. I don't really want this. This isn't about religion. It's just that's one aspect of it that, that just sometimes makes some parents more um, have a false sense of security that their teens um, are don't have the same kinds of uh, natural impulses of and, and drives raging hormones that other ki- teenage kids do. But in any case, after Kara and David had this discussion with Kara's parents, um, after this night out, uh, David then shot Kara's parents dead. And needless to say, uh, he brought over the um, weapons with which he shot her parents. And um, Kara had siblings in the house. Um, she had a sister and a younger brother. And uh, she also had two older brothers, but I don't believe that they were in the house that night. In any case, uh, after David killed her parents, he left the house and um, Kara went with him. Now, what I found, what first drew me to this case uh, as just such a fascinating sort of Rorschach test for society was how the police assumed that because he was older and because um, she was only 14 and she looked so innocent and she wrote on her one of her uh, blogs on the web um, that her favorite things were Jesus and babysitting and you know, rather innocuous kinds of things, um, if not positive kinds of things. And um, so they couldn't imagine that this uh, cute little 14-year-old girl could have anything uh, ominous in her bones and treated her when they caught up with them the next day um, in Indiana, going from Pennsylvania to Indiana. They caught up with them. There was a car chase and the car that David was driving a red, I think it was a Jetta, by the way, <laughs> a red VW Jetta. How he thought he was going to be able to evade police in a red Jetta, I don't know. But um, going through going through Indiana, <laughs> and uh, but in any case, they they were they were caught, and um, apparently at that time, and for some time after, certainly until after her parents' funeral. Kara did not say anything to any of the authorities, the police in particular, to disabuse them of the idea that she was anything but an innocent victim who was kidnapped by David. She just went along with it, colluded with them, agreed with them, didn't didn't tell them that um, she was anything more than this victim. And they, of course, you know, her parents had just died and they treated her very uh, gently and they reunited her with her family, and everybody went to the funeral. And um, then when David's attorneys, his public defenders, brought out in court after that that they wanted to uh, the prosecutors to hold on to the receipts um, that he had from the different places, some of the different places that they stopped, it's kind of a, a strange thought to think that this um, teenager who just killed 
girlfriend's parents would be holding on to receipts. I don't know. Was he planning on <laughs> call, having them be a tax deduction or something? Travel expenses? I mean, it's 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 very very um, well. It's very twisted thinking. In any case, when his um, attorneys, his public defenders, did uh, put a motion into the court that was heard by the court in which they asked for these receipts, they asked for these receipts to be saved, they asked, and the point was that they wanted to look for surveillance tape uh, for as many of these places that had surveillance cameras. They wanted to get the tape so that they could show that um, David wasn't a kidnapper. He might be a murderer, but he wasn't a kidnapper. At which point, um, Kara uh, obviously realized that the jig was up and that she wasn't going to be able to pretend to be an innocent victim anymore. Uh, or at least, I mean, she's still pretending to be pretty innocent, but at least not be able to pretend to be a kidnapped victim and came forward and said no, that she had wanted to go with him and that she had voluntarily gone with him and their plans were going to be to go across the country, um, or at least get far from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and get married and try to um, get absorbed into the woodwork and going along with this illusion that they had that they weren't going to be caught and that they could get married and live happily ever after. Now, um, you know, I, I guess that she must have been surprised that her boyfriend um, revealed to his lawyers that she wasn't uh, a kidnapped victim because, you know, obviously he would have been the one to, one to have told his lawyers uh, about these receipts. So at that point, Kara came forward. However... I mean, just, just think about this. There, there were pictures, or you might have seen on television, um, pictures of her being at her parents' funeral, to which I might add she did not wear black, as at least her sister did, um, but she, uh, she wore a kind of casual pinkish-reddish, a pinkish-reddish jacket, casual kind of um, jacket that you would wear to the mall. She wore to her parents' funeral, and all the while did not, presumably, disclosed to them that um, that she had gone willingly with David, although one wonders how much the, her siblings already knew since um, one of them at least admitted that she heard David call for her sister. I mean, needless to say, if, if the kidnapper needs to call for you um, rather than, you know, I mean, he had a gun, you, one could have assumed that she would have been frightened by him, he had just killed her parents, um, you know, that that would have been enough for her to go with him. But if he had a call for her, that meant that obviously she had had enough time to escape. But she didn't want to escape. She was uh, carrying out this um, plan with him. And I say plan, I mean, it it seems as though um, it was at least somewhat planned since he brought... Uh, some wep- one or two weapons with him, guns with him. Um, so he must have anticipated that there might have been some trouble. And I-, I actually think that it was more planned out than that. And I think that it's going to come out that, um, indeed, this 14-year-old girl um, may have been more 
involved, more of an accomplice to the whole uh, scene than certainly the police and courts believed. And when we come back, I will tell you why. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about uh, David Ludwig and Kara Borden, David who killed Kara's parents, two teenagers in love and making all the wrong decisions. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Information you need, when you need it. VoiceAmerica.com Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This week on the Dragon Page with Michael and Evo, two more authors join us. Barbara Hambly is up first to talk about Circle of the Moon, and then Michelle Welch talks with us in studio about Chasing Fire. That's this week on the Dragon Page with Michael and Evo. That's the Dragon Page, every Saturday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about the murder of a Pennsylvania couple, the, the parents of Kara Borden, who was 14 years old and her committed by, allegedly committed by, her boyfriend David Ludwig, who was 18. And um, 
This is such a classic case because it highlights so many of the things that can go wrong in adolescence, a time when um, the inborn drives of sex and aggression um, get particularly stimulated because of puberty. And instead of sex becoming something that's associated with love, it can go out of control. And instead of aggression becoming competitiveness and ambition, it can go out of control, especially today uh, with the violence that surrounds us, notably, especially with teenagers, notably in violent media. Now, um, before the break, I was uh, said that I, I promised that I would say, tell you why I thought that this was more pre-planned than it might have seemed at first. And that is, for those of you who have seen uh, the movie Natural Born Killers, um, think about how David Ludwig and Kara Borden are essentially enacting what Mickey and Mallory did in the movie, at least to the point um, to the point that they were captured. In other words, well, let me tell you some of the similarities. I mean, obviously, they didn't go on their shooting spree was cut short. You know, they didn't, uh, to our knowledge, they have they didn't go around the country and. Um, shoot up people the way Mickey and Mallory did. But Mickey was played by Woody Harrelson and Mallory was played by Juliette Lewis. And um, they, um, this movie is responsible for more acts of copycat violence than I think probably any other movie that there has been so far, um, at least that we have r- records of. Um, and the story was that Mickey Mallory was being sexually abused by her father, and Mickey was a butcher who used to come to their house and deliver meat. And in particular, he delivered meat that was um, big slabs of bloody meat and, um, you know, animals that had been slaughtered. And um, one day, Mickey and Mallory decided to run off And in order to do so, um, I don't think that her parents were too thrilled about her being with him either, just like Kara's weren't thrilled about her being with uh, David. Um, And so they decided they would run off. And in order to do so, Mickey first started by killing her parents, shooting her parents in a very um, grim, (laughs) gruesome way, and uh, rescuing her, essentially, from this um, abusive household. And uh, they went on a crime spree in which they combined sex and violence. They would be shooting uh, people around the country at stops that they would stop off at and uh, then, of course, have sex. And there was a scene where, you know, they got got married or at least symbolically got married and they were, you know, running off to uh, live happily ever after. At least that was their plan. Now, what's fascinating with, now, I don't know for a fact that um, either one of them saw um, uh, Natural Born Killers, for that matter. However, um, it is certainly kind of a cult movie at this point. It's a, lot, it's a movie that a lot of teenagers see, even though you know it's not a current movie. And David, on one of his blogs, both of them left a tremendous amount of uh, website material, blogs and emails. A lot of it has been closed down, but when this first happened, I actually went on the Internet and read a lot of the um, material on his website and her website and their the various um, correspondences, email 
correspondences that they had. And on his um, website, uh, a particular, well, first of all, he, he sort of um, did a lot of, of, had a lot of pictures about computers, and he was really into computers and the Internet, and, um, it, which is kind of ironic because that's probably going to be the undoing of him in his trial, you know, leaving a lot of evidence in terms of um, things that he planned and things that he did. But um, another portion of his website had to do with a hunting trip that he went on recently. Uh, and um, he's shown <laughs> there are these carcasses of deer that um, he proudly is standing next to, which are incredibly reminiscent of the scenes from Natural Born Killers and Woody Harrelson's carcasses. Not his carcass, but the the carcasses that he was carrying in as this delivery guy for the butcher, I believe it was. Um, And, uh, of course, um, you know, they were incredibly infatuated with each other, felt put upon by... She felt put upon by her parents. I don't remember that we found out much about his, but um, they were like Romeo and Juliet running off together from their miserable lives and, and uh, being able to express their love each other. They felt that nobody else in the world understood them except each other, and that certainly is something that seems to be true. With the current um, murders, that David and Kara were the only ones who... Um, you know, they had this secret relationship that they couldn't tell anybody. They certainly couldn't tell anybody that they were having sex because, um, you know, that was against the church and against their parents, or at least her parents. And um, they were hiding that. And I think that there was more that they were hiding as well. And we'll continue to get to that. But um, on his website, or one of the websites um, that was still up, actually, that talked about his interests, um, there, he mentions some of the movies. He's, he wrote, I love so many movies, S-O-O-O, uh, exclamation point, and he lists a bunch. Now, he did not list uh, Natural Born Killers, but he, he listed a whole bunch, most of them violent, and then he wrote to name a few. So it certainly seems likely that he would have um, seen that at some point. In any case, um, that was one of the influences, I believe, well, let's put it this way, violent media um, from the list, from nothing else but this list of movies that he admits that he did see, um, as I said, most of which were violent, um, certainly that uh, is evidence that he was inspired um, because, again, all the, I don't mean to be a broken record for those of you who have... <laughs> So keep tuning into the show. I know I talk about this a lot because I, I because it's really something that is more each day as I investigate this more. It seems clearer and clearer that all of the uh, media, uh, te- movies, television, video games that we'll get to, and just all of the different types of violence that are flooding children and teenagers is at the root of so much of the problems in the world because not only is it causing people to be more aggressive as untold numbers, uncounted numbers of um, uh, research studies have shown, but it is indirectly um, or even sometimes directly related to the increase in uh, drinking and drugs and unprotected sex and um, unplanned sex, 
that really teenagers are are just that are causing teenagers to go out of control. And a lot of these movies, there's also drugs and drinking, um, and just the whole the whole um, increase stimulation of the aggressive drive is very overwhelming for a lot of teenagers, even when there are movies that don't have drinking and drugs and um, other kinds of out-of-bounds behavior or, or behaviors that teenagers are most often not able to cope with um, because they're able to biologically have sex, but they are, for the most part, not able to emotionally handle it. But anyway, I digress. That's a subject for another... <laughs> Well, no, I guess some of it's a subject for today. We'll see how much more we can get into on that. But I, let me continue with um, the violence aspect of it because it is true that I think that they were, both of them were in over their heads sexually and that did also contribute to um, their being out of control and feeling as though they would do anything, anything that they needed to do in order to be together, including David murdering her parents. And I do not think that it was just David's idea. I mean, yes, they have found videos um, of David and a male friend, a 19-year-old friend, who um, they took videos of themselves uh, on a rooftop. Um, there, apparently there are a number of videos, but one of them that has been revealed is the David and his friend um, contemplating going into a house, not Kara's house, but a different house, uh, and robbing it and killing the people in it on a night patrol. Now, um, you know, so obviously, and there are there are there are different things that that provide evidence that show that this was not just some random um, impulsive idea that came to him just you know at the moment that uh, he couldn't take it anymore when her parents were trying to keep them apart. He brought the gun over, at least to some degree it was planned. And there's even been some evidence that came out that he told a friend um, that he thought that he could kill somebody and get away with it. You know, I, I think that more is going to be coming out because apparently they did have lots of chats with their friends. Um, there's an email chat that uh, Kara had with a girlfriend that I will read you parts of as the show uh, goes on. But, but um, so, you know, Things that really indicate and that their friends know of that show that this was not just a, a totally impulsive kind of uh, crime of passion, although in other ways it was their passions, their sexual passions, and, and at least his aggressive passions that did play a strong role. One of the things that uh, they found, um, the authorities found, were some pictures of uh, David and Kara playing with, looking at themselves with swords and guns. Sure, a lot of you um, will recognize that a sword is not the usual weapon that one has to um, kill somebody by. Uh, what does that come from? What does that make you think of? Video games, um, and also even this night patrol with his friend being on the rooftops of houses and thinking of going in and, and doing burglaries also um, is a theme that uh, is in video games. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because he kept videos of, of his exploits. We don't know what other than the ones that have been revealed, but he's apparently kept numerous videos in his room and that could hold some more uh, 
evidence of other kinds of violent fantasies that he had. And you just got to wonder, where were his parents? Why weren't they looking in his room? Why didn't they wonder about this? And we'll start talking about his father and his father's 54 guns when we come back as well. I also want, before the break, I also want to tell you that um, soon after this, I'm going to be uh, on tonight on the O'Reilly Factor talking about this very topic. Um, so if you want to tune in to that on Fox, uh, whatever time it is in your neighborhood, um, but it is on, going to be on tonight. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Stay tuned and we'll unravel more of these secrets of what I'm going to call the natural born killer, the latest natural born killer copycat crime. David Ludwig and Kara Borden and uh, their, their uh, elopement after he killed her parents, after he allegedly killed her parents. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you feeling stuck in some part of your life? You might have some crust busting to do. Crust is anything that you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Step into the crust-free zone with me, Dr. Pat Vasily, and get ready to do some serious crust busting. Join us on Thursday mornings on voiceamerica.com at 8 a.m. Pacific time for crust busting your way to an awesome life. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have a nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Cutting edge. Challenging. Stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard's Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard's Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard's Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. 
business, sports, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about the Pennsylvania murders by the couple who were not happy that the girls parents did not want them to see each other anymore, and so they solved the problem by uh, the teen boy uh, killing them or being alleged to have killed them. Uh, I was rather frustrated with the situation over the weekend that the authorities were still under the delusion that um, Tara Borden was a a victim of a kidnapping by uh, her boyfriend and um, dashed off a rather long email <laughs> to the public defenders of David, who, um, though not, uh, you know, not innocent, um, certainly did not deserve to be um, accused of kidnapping when it seems, I, I believe it's going to come out, that indeed Kara was more of a uh, stimulus to the event than people believe, even now that they realize that she was not kidnapped, that that she went willingly. Um, I sent this email to the various people in the public defender's office that were involved with his case and got back an email uh, saying, thank you for your interest in the case. Yours is probably the first legitimate email I've received. You're right on the money when you say that Kara was not kidnapped. I wouldn't be surprised if the authorities withdraw that charge prior to the preliminary hearing. In fact, that's what they just did. Um, some of the some of the reasons, um, the value of examining this case and looking at what went wrong. Um, it, the the, re, the main reason for this is that this is so uh, typical. Obviously, not to this degree, but there are so many parents who are allowing um, these kinds of signs, warning signs that something is not right in their teenagers to just slip by, in fact, and find out when it's too late. In fact, um, some of these pictures that I was talking about before that David had on his website about uh, his hunting trip, um, showing him with the carcasses of many eviscerated deer with their blood sort of flowing all around, um, showed... An adult, one or two adult men at the table in what seemed to be a hunting lodge. And um, also on this table was, uh, and in their hands, were, was alcohol. So they're presumably, again, I'm making a leap here, but uh, we'll know more. It seems to me that it would have been David's father at the hunting lodge with him, this adult male, and um, who didn't really seem to care that his... Um, son was, you know, engaged in a, a fun-filled orgy of um, shooting deer and, um, and drinking alcohol. And I think that, and those, those uh, photos were from 2004 when he was not yet 18, so he was definitely not supposed to be drinking the alcohol. Um, also, one has to wonder 
what is David's father doing with 54 guns in his arsenal? Why does a man need 54 guns, um, which is even a lot if you believe in deer hunting and go deer hunting. You really do not need 54 <laughs> guns to deer hunt, even if you have a lot of friends. Um, that is just asking for trouble. Uh, you know, you put all of these things together, the violent media that he apparently loved, the deer hunting that he apparently loved and, and was proud of and put on his website, the 54 guns in the house, the father that allows him uh, to drink and that encourages all of this. The father was smiling. He didn't look upset um, while they were on this, this presumably, I'm, I'm presuming, in this hunting lodge having this uh, weekend together or day or however much time they spent um, shooting all these deer. It's really not that complicated to put all of this together and realize that you have a recipe for disaster. Add to all of this being steeped in weapons and violent media, uh, a 14-year-old cute <laughs> teen girl who's apparently willing to have sex with you. And um, put it together, and this is one 18-year-old boy who um, was just in over his head and out of control, and I am not excusing him. I don't want it to sound like that. What I am doing is trying to make the point that there are a lot of 18-year-old and other teenage age um, young men who are growing up in a culture of violence and sex and who are being overstimulated, having their inborn drives overstimulated, and who are uh, walking time bombs. I'm not saying that everyone is going to kill somebody, but certainly the crime rates um, are showing that, and, and not only the... the increasing crime rates, but the decreasing ages of the people engaged in crime um, are certainly showing that this is a problem that is out of control and is only going to get more so if nothing happens to fix it. And I think that that is what the value is in analyzing all of this, not just that it's kind of a sensational story um, that happened. Now, I also think that um, there's more to the story in terms of what was going on with Kara because her uh, email correspondence, her email name, one of her email names was Care Bear, and um, she had a, one of her friends was a girl named Kayla and whose screen name was B-R-K-N, D-W-N-H-N-D-A, which I interpret as Broken Down Honda. Anybody whose screen name is Broken Down Anything <laughs> kind of gives you an idea of um, how they feel about herself and how the girl feels about herself. And indeed, some of her postings um, do indicate that. But what's really interesting in this correspondence, the, the one that I was able to find um, from September 22nd of this year, so approximately two months before the murder of Kara's parents, um, talked about, uh, boy, too long to read the whole thing, but uh, Care Bear and Broken Down Honda were discussing her relationship with David. And um, Broken Down Honda was not happy about it and was warning her about the fact 
that, you know, it was illegal for an 18-year-old boy to be having sex with a 14-year-old girl and that uh, apparently, um, you know, she knew that and she was, um, didn't think that it was right. And, um, and But there are, there are things that are more than about that. Um, it seems, in, in my opinion, that, that Care Bear uh, may not have been taking enough care of herself and uh, may have had may have had unprotected sex and have gotten pregnant because um, they're going back and forth and and Care Bear says um, uh, why what do you know or what have you heard or saw or what if it doesn't have anything to do with you then I don't want to know what you have to say no offense if it has to do with David and me we are taking care of it we know what we are going to do. Goes on, and then uh, Care Bear says, "David and I have enough to deal with. Trust me." Um, Car- meanwhile, uh, broken down Honda kept keeps trying to get uh, Care Bear and David to meet with her. She wants to talk to them about what they're doing and tell them about you know what she doesn't think is right about their relationship, and. Um, Care Bear says, I'm talking to him. Trust me. We know what we have to do. Uh, Going down further, I know what's right, and so does he. Okay, so we know what to do. Um, But you cannot help us in any way, and hearing you trash talk it and getting all upset won't help me or him. Uh, Going down a little further, roll your eyes at me, fine, but still, I'm not in the mood right now. I have so much... Uh, S-H-I-T, I don't know if I'm supposed to... Yeah, actually, if uh, <laughs> I can say shit on the Internet, especially when I'm reading it from a uh, from a, um, a website, uh, verbatim, I have so much shit in, on my mind, um, and then broken down, Honda says, trash talk it, dear, you two are the two that let this happen, you have caused this, and yes, you have to deal with it. Um, Care Bear says, uh, this is something we are dealing with and not you. It goes on. Um, and we have to take a break. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it goes on in that vein. And um, the idea that there was, you know, what is it that they had to take care of? When we come back, I'll read a little bit more goes into a little bit more detail, but what is it? I mean, it can't just be about them having sex and hiding their relationship from people. What is it that they have to deal with? Um, and, and um, you know, did this pregnancy, this potential, if it was a pregnancy, or whatever it was that they have to take care of, did it motivate uh, the killing two months later? All of these things are, of course, very tragic it's very sad because there are so many confused teenagers these days that do need, what they need is more attention from their parents, more attention, more love, more hugs, and it's uh, not enough to just um, think that you, you know, have them follow some kind of church doctrine and they're going to be okay whether they're going to church or not. They still need a parent's attention. We saw that in the mall uh, shooting. Seattle, a 
uh, also uh, someone who was crying out for attention. He wanted the world to pay attention. That's really the sad part. How many of us are paying attention anymore to those of us who we, to those who we care about? Especially teens, especially teens who are having to deal with this incredibly insane world. So stay tuned. We'll talk more about the insane world. And Kara and David when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is VoiceAmerica.com. Depend on it. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about Mickey and Mallory, the new Mickey and Mallory from Natural Born Killers, My Hypothesis. Actually, we're talking about David Ludwig and Kara Borden, David who killed Kara's parents and ran away in the style of Natural Born Killers where um, they were going to run off and get married and live happily ever after. And I was reading before the break um, excerpts from... Uh, email correspondence 
between Kara, who one of her screen names is Care Bear, and her friend um, Kayla. Well, her, her, her screen name is uh, Broken Down Honda. And um, ironically, um, you know, it, it, they re- it really hints at there being something more that Care Bear and David are hiding than just the fact that they're having a sexual relationship. Um, Care Bear says to uh, Broken Down Honda, you have no idea how we feel. Um, so what? You don't know, babe. You are not us. Um, and Broken Down Honda said, obviously you two don't care enough that David may go to jail. And Care Bear said, you do not know how we feel. And uh, Care Bear says, you don't understand. We took that risk the first night he came over. Um, but, you know, the irony of that, David may go to jail. I know I'm just reading you excerpts, but um, this was after Broken Down Honda talks about uh I think the implication there was that he may go to jail because of statutory rape, because he's 18 and she's 14. But, um, you know, the irony is that two months later, he is in jail, not for not just for statute, or I don't even know if that's a charge against him, presumably it is, but, um, you know, for murder. <laughs> statutory rape was the least of his problems at this point. Um, and again, Care, Care Bear keeps saying, you don't know how we feel about each other and how much we want to be with each other. Um and it goes on and on. And uh, you have no idea what me and him are going through, etc. So there may well be, um, you know, it's, it's possible. If if Kara were pregnant, um, it certainly wouldn't be something that she would feel comfortable telling her religious parents about. Um, and the, the, the idea of running away together to be together because her parents didn't approve of the relationship altogether, aside from whether or not she might be pregnant, um, the idea of running away together to be together, and especially if she were pregnant, um, would be certainly that could come into play in his mind and particularly could have been something that Kara used to try to um, convince him uh, to kill her parents because, you know, they, they won't understand. I mean, she may have felt that rather than her parents find out that either that she was having sex with him or um, even more strongly, if it is true that she was pregnant, you know, the idea of having to face her parents and their disappointment in her and anger at her and all of that, um, certainly the, the idea of running away with him to avoid all of that would have seemed incredibly romantic and perhaps like the only thing to do. And she was talking to a guy who, um, from some quotes from some of their friends, you know, um, people knew that he had this kind of, uh, well, that he had a lot of guns and that he had, he liked to play night patrol and pretend or fantasize about actually breaking into people's houses and robbing and killing them. So, you know, this was the right, if you needed a guy to rescue you from your parents who were going to be very angry, um, this would be the guy to ask. So what's really tragic about this is not just that there are two dead parents, but, of course, these teens' lives are ruined. But what's really tragic is that um, this all could have been prevented. I mean, it could have been so easily prevented. Some of the things you know, that that both of these teens write on their website, uh, most of which has been um, taken down by now, um, just show how how 
lost they are and how um, easy it was for them to give in to uh, their passions, feeling somebody who understood them and um, getting having this just totally drive them out of control. What's also interesting is that Kayla, Broken Down Honda, is a girl named Kayla who um, is apparently has either a boyfriend or a friend. I, I think it might be just a friend, but somebody that she, well, no, she does talk about, I don't know, it might be her boyfriend or at least someone who she fantasizes about being her boyfriend is someone named John. And what's interesting about that is that in one of the videos that the police um, got that where he's talking with his friend about uh breaking into a house and shooting the occupants. Um, they also afterwards talk about going over to Kara's house and having sex with Kara and her sister. And then um, they say, well, but then if, I think David was the one who said it, but I'm not sure, um, then if we did that and if, if people found out, uh, we would have to shoot John. I'm paraphrasing totally, but that was the gist of it. They mentioned a John who would not be happy to find out that um, they were having sex with Kara and her sister, who was also underage. Uh, she was 15. So um, John seems maybe to be this, this connected to Kayla. And I hope the police are all um, figuring this out um, because these friends could hold... I mean, John seemed like a... a, a John and Kayla... I want to make something clear that John and Kayla seemed like um, people who had their heads on their shoulders and did not approve of uh, Kara and David's relationship. And that's why um, David was, you know, thought that he had to kill him and why Kara was talking in this long email correspondence with Kayla, trying to get Kayla not to tell anybody about um, what's going on with David and trying to tell her that, you know, it's basically it's none of her business and thanks but no thanks and, and Kayla was, was trying to talk some sense into her. I think, I think they both had friends, some of their friends at least, who knew better. And, um, you know, it's really sad. There's so many things. I said that already five times <laughs> during the show, but, but so much of it is sad. But what's sad also is that um, so many of these friends could have prevented this, not that it's necessarily... I mean, not that it's legally uh, their responsibility, but certainly for those of you who are listening who do have friends who um, seem to be going out of control, particularly if they are teenage friends when um, during this age of rage, raging hormones, things are more um, tenuous and more liable to go out of control, um, you really do need to tell somebody when you're concerned, if you feel it, if you feel that something's wrong, you know, if if it's statutory rape, which, you know, you, you should know is illegal. But um, if you feel that there's something more wrong, I mean, that's enough. But if you feel that there is, you know, you, there's a way of getting a feeling for something being wrong, and you should tell somebody. You should tell your parents. You should tell the police. You should tell a trusted teacher, somebody that you trust, that you're just worried, you're concerned about your friends. Because just think, if one of their friends, who apparently really were concerned about them, they seem to have had some really nice friends, if one of them 
would have gone and told their parents or told the police or told a teacher, told some trusted adult, this whole event could have been prevented and they could have been uh, gotten the help that they need. And um, now we wouldn't have all of these lives that are wasted. The parents who are dead, uh, Kara and David's lives who are that are going to be ruined, that are ruined, and um, even the siblings, Kara's siblings' lives, who now don't have parents. So please, if you, whatever age the people are who are your friends, if you are thinking that they're about to go and do something stupid, particularly something violent and stupid, please tell somebody. The worst thing that could happen is that you're wrong. And uh, at least in, the, in that case, maybe... You know, some other people in these people's lives will pay more attention to them, which will be a good thing. Um, but if you're right, you can prevent an incredible tragedy. So, uh, thank you for listening. If Again, I'm going to be on uh, The O'Reilly Factor tonight. If you are uh, able to tune in to Fox TV, I'll see you. <laughs> like they say, I'll see you at the movies. I'll see you on TV. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.